One, two, three, four, five. Hello everyone and welcome to Travel is Dangerous. I'm Matt Comey and I'm delighted to announce I'm back in Britain. Not that there's anything wrong with the state. Um, I had a wonderful time there, despite all the psychopaths. Though, to be honest, I've encountered plenty of them over here too, so who knows, perhaps it's my fault. You know, you lie down with fleas, you get kidnapped. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen today because for once I'm chatting to someone whose crimes were entirely non-violent. In fact, he's both my first white-collar criminal and a member of the aristocracy, which is quite the contrast with lowly little me. Uh, Funnily enough, I used to get called Posh Boy for being brought up in a mock Georgian mini-mansion in Jesmond, but, well, compared to this guy, I'm practically off a nanny. The black version of that. Not that I think I'm black, I just mean... Compared to my guest, I might as well be. And it's just a much better film, I mean... What a cast. Rose Byrne, Cameron Diaz, Jamie Watts-his-name... Um, the little girl who plays Annie, so cute. And not Ginger, which is always a bonus. But anyway, before anyone asks, no, I won't be treating this guest any differently just because he's landed gentry. There's no deference or bootlegging here, believe me. That being said, I can't deny how lucky I feel to be sitting in this extremely plush rooftop bar taking in a quite stunning view of Chalfon St Giles, which is the old stomping ground of my latest guest, former banker, professional playboy and convicted fraudster Ludo Coleridge. Ludo, I'm honoured to meet you. I'm honoured to meet you too, Barry. Truly honoured. That is. Thank you, sir. Um, just one thing, perhaps I didn't say it clear enough, but um, my name's not Barry, it's Matty. Or just Matt, ideally. Oh, I know, I know. Thing is, while you were giving that rather delightful introduction, I couldn't have noticed you're the damn spit of a chap I used to know. And uh, my memory's not what it was. I was wondering, would you mind awfully if I call you Barry? Um... Okay, if it makes life easier, yeah, go for it. That's a spirit, Barry. Um, if you don't mind me asking, who was he? Barry, uh, a young fellow I met in prison. Affable sort, cat burglar. He supplied me with various contraband items, tea bags, whiskey, pate and so forth, and in exchange I provided him with legal counsel. Oh, that's okay, as long as he wasn't a child rapist or anything. Children? No, not as far as I'm aware. Right, um, okay, I'll live with it. Anyway, enough about me. So, I don't look that much like him, do I? Well, you have considerably fewer scars and tattoos, but other than that, you could damn well be twins. However, if it's any consolation, he was a thoroughly decent chap, bloody fine cook, and in the years I knew him, was never convicted of any of the sexual assault charges levelled at him. Well, that's good to know, I think. Trust me, Barry, my legal team was shit hot. Right, um, so what's he up to now? I believe after his release, he opened up a chain of gymnasiums. Oh, that's nice to hear. You know, people turn their lives around after prison. I mean, that's basically what this podcast's about. Good for you, Barry. Sadly, two of the gyms burned to the ground last year and Barry was thrown back in jail for arson and fraud. But, well, we can't all be perfect, can we? No, uh, I guess not. But, you know, all's well that ends well because now I have a new Barry. Yeah, I guess you do. Good man. So, uh, sorry... As I was saying, um, meeting you, I mean, it's quite an eye-opener for me. Most of my guests come from relatively poor backgrounds, and well, you're, you're essentially the polar opposite. But for the record, as I said earlier, I'm not going to softball you just because you're rich and powerful. Oh, uh, nor should you, Barry. By the way, how was your room? The ro- oh, 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 yeah, yeah, spot on. Mini bar fully stocked. S- superb, yeah. Jacuzzi to your satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, no, no complaints, and, and th- thanks again. The pleasure's all mine, Barry. You know, 
I promised myself during my incarceration that, should I ever again enjoy the warm embrace of freedom, I'd do my level best to jolly well give something back. And if that means paying for a luxury hotel suite for a young northern chap like yourself, then so be it. So be it. Well, I'm, I'm very grateful. As it happens, I've always had an affinity with common folk, which I largely owe to my dear nanny Felicity, wonderful woman who came from very humble beginnings, father worked in a factory, holidayed once a year, lived in a three-bedroom semi in Runcorn, that sort of thing. Oh, I'm sad. Awfully sad. But she was my idol from a very young age. You know, as a child, I struggled to pronounce her name, but she would always come running no matter what. Indeed, when I was in prison, in the depths of despair... I'd often find myself calling her name in the middle of the night, praying she'd float into my cell, take me in her bosom and whisk me away. Titty! Titty! Oh, that's... Titty! Titty! It sounds very... Titty! Titty! So, speaking of prison... So, where were we, Barry? Oh, um, right, uh, right, right, well, um, before we talk about prison, um, I was wondering if we could discuss why you were jailed in the first place. Trucks away. So, as we know, you were sentenced to 12 years for, amongst other things, your part in a Ponzi scheme. Now, I obviously know what one of those is, but um, for the benefit of my listeners, could you possibly explain it? Well, I'd love to, Barry, but as my lawyers repeatedly stated throughout my trial, during the period in question, my brain was so scrambled by cocaine, I have no recollection of any of it. Right. So, you don't know what you were guilty of? Haven't the foggiest. Something to do with pyramids and short pants, I believe. But you spent almost 20 years on Wall Street. Um, Surely you remember something. I remember an awful lot of things, Barry. Breakfast at the Carlisle, luncheon in Soho House, relentless evenings at Studio 54. But as regards the financial dealings of the family business, I'm afraid I don't have a clue what the shit was going on there. Right, so do you remember anything other than, well, clubs? Oh, many things, many things. For instance, I have awful, vivid memories of the World Trade Center. You were there on 9-11? No, I was buggered in the basement. 1987. Pastry chef from Windows on the World. Terrible mess. But the business side of things, I won't lie, I found it all awfully perplexing. Sorry, sir. Let me get this straight. As well as not being able to remember your crimes, there's also nothing to remember as you never understood what was going on anyway. That's the size of it, Barry, yes. Well done. So how did you end up working there? Believe you me, I've asked myself that question many a time. My father had primed me for a career in the military, so I joined the Fusiliers at 18. But much as I admired the structure, the discipline, the dashing uniforms, it soon became apparent that the arena of war just wasn't my bag at all. No young man needs to see such horrific sights. I can, I can imagine. Um, so how many conflicts were you involved in? None. I left the barracks on the first night after a chap stole my pillow. Right. Um, that does sound horrific. It was an ordeal, let me tell you. But, you know, Barry, I've had an inkling for some time that I was destined for a more worthwhile, philanthropic vocation. So, after the most torturous eight hours of sleep, I packed up my belongings and, you know, hopped it. That's very brave of you. So, what did you do next? I went to art college, yes. Drank myself into oblivion, slept till noon every day, and never picked up so much as a crayon in five years. 
Wonderful error. That sounds like quite an experience. Oh, it was the making of me, Barry, the making of me. In fact, I'm certain I'd still be there now were it not for that unfortunate incident with the female acrobat, which, again, much like this Ponzi scheme you mentioned, I have no recollection of whatsoever. Obviously. So, in his wisdom, my father, ever the disciplinarian, took matters into his own hands and parachuted me off to the States to oversee the Manhattan branch. Indeed, I was only supposed to stay for a few months while my legal troubles blew over, but it turned out I had quite a flair for man management, a flair which sadly now eludes me as I have no recollection of it whatsoever. Right. So, you know, to repay my father's faith, I knuckled down, cracked the whip, and spent the next 18 years blitzed out of my gourd. Wow. Um, I imagine New York was pretty wild back then. Oh, it was heaven, Barry, heaven. You know, I rocked up to Wall Street in 1985, a handsome young man with cash on the hip. What was I going to do, join the Guardian Angels? Circles I moved in, cocaine was ubiquitous, so I thought, what the hell, I'll give it a shot. And I had a jolly good run into all this unpleasantness involving insider training and pansy schemes, of which I have... No recollection. No recollection. Can't remember it. Right. Do you, do you ever think maybe if you hadn't indulged so much, perhaps you might have realised what was going on? I'm sure I would, Barry, but I was having such a thrilling time. It never occurred to me there may be illegal activity going on. You know, I attended board meetings once a week with a room full of brash New Yorkers in red braces, signed the odd contract, and spent the rest of my time bugled up to the eyeballs. Fast forward to the early noughties, my father passes away, leaving a mountain of debt, and all of a sudden the FBI are kicking my door in. And after three trials and a decade in jail, I still have no bloody clue why. You must have known a lot of people, though. I mean, wasn't there anyone who could have vouched for you and explained that you weren't aware of all these financial irregularities? No doubt, Barry, no doubt, but once you fall foul of the law, that's it. Bernie, Donald, Harvey, Jeffrey, not one of the old gang stood by me, which made their own very public downfalls all the more satisfying. Hang on, are you, are you talking about who I think you are? Oh, yes, and rest assured, the sordid tales I could tell you about those four rotters would make Gary Glitter shit his wig off. Really? Well, I mean, don't hold back, I'm pretty sure my listeners would love to hear more. I'd love to, Barry, I'd love to, but sadly the details have been lost to the sands of time and I have no recollection. No recollection, yeah. None at all. Right. Any nice famous people you can talk about? Oh, hundreds, Barry, hundreds. I wasn't only friends with stinkers. I met some wonderful celebrities throughout my career, many of whom became very dear and valuable friends, such as... Oh, what was his name? British. Musical chap. Water Beret. John Lennon? No, God, no. Oh, what was he called? Crawford. You know, Phantom. Condor Man. Ooh, Betty. Oh, what do you call him? Uh, Spencer. Spencer, that's the fella. Spencer Crawford. Ooh, Betty. Very charming, man. Funnily enough, I was due to take in his Broadway show the day I went on the run. All right, uh, yeah, I forgot you actually evaded arrest for a few days, didn't you? Indeed I did, yes. After I made bail, there was an unforeseen hiccup with the arrival of my fake passport, leaving me no option but to abandon my Central Park West apartment and ride the subway incognito for hours on end while plotting my escape. Right, how far did you get? Times Square. You see, I'd never used public transport, so the whole train experience was quite a shocker. Bloody thing just kept going back and forth, and after three hours I started to feel rather giddy. So, after watching a vagrant man eating his own newspaper, I could take no more got off at the next station and retired to a diner in Hell's Kitchen, where I sadly succumbed to what would be the first of many breakdowns. Well, that's understandable, the, the stress you were under. I mean, I can't even imagine it. All, all that fear and uncertainty 
Must have been torture. It was, Barry, it was. But nothing was quite as hellish as being told I'd have to wait half an hour for a fresh midloaf. Thirty damn minutes is an eternity for a man on the lamb, so I summoned the cook and said, Now look here, Sonny Jim, I've not eaten since daybreak, I've spent the morning on a filthy subway train, and I haven't had as much as a speck of sniff since Tuesday. To put it bluntly, I want my dinner. The chap was visibly unmoved, so I repeated, I want my dinner. At which point he insisted I leave immediately. I refused, and he asked me who I was. To which I responded, I'm a banker. I don't know who the shit you are. And that was when I realized I'd gone too far. I was instantly filled with deep shame at my revolting and tidal behavior and conceded there was only one thing left to do. So you turned yourself in? No, I stripped stark testicle naked and refused to budge until he brought me my dinner. And trust me, I meant business. I did a quick scan of the diner, turned to my tormentor and said, He's had his dinner. She's had her dinner. I'm fairly sure you've had your dinner. So for the fifth and final time, I want my dinner. I'm not sure dinner. that... Dinner! Right, Din -din's but, now. Yeah, I get, I get it, I get it. I'm not sure it was the wisest move for a fugitive. In retrospect, yes, perhaps it was a tad overzealous, but, well, that's cocaine withdrawal for you. Anyway, as you can imagine, the meatloaf remained unforthcoming, and at that point my memory becomes somewhat foggy, but according to eyewitness accounts, I then moonwalked into the kitchen and made an unsuccessful attempt to climb into the fridge freezer while shouting, Titty! Titty! But you have no recollection of this? None whatsoever. You're learning fast, Barry. Good man. OK, well, let's talk about the stuff you do remember. Your drug reform campaign, and how did that come about? Well, as you can imagine, I initially found prison somewhat distressing, and needless to say, within hours of finding a pubic hair in my scrambled eggs on the first morning, I was once again in my birthday suit, weeping uncontrollably, hurling myself off the E-wing balcony and bouncing off the safety net like a ragdoll. But during my stay in the infirmary, the damnedest thing happened. I started to rather enjoy it. You see, my eyes were opening to worlds I'd never encountered. I was befriending all manner of people, black gentlemen, Hispanic gentlemen, even a pair of Liverpudlians. But I was also seeing firsthand the damage wrought by drug addiction. Young man after young man thrown in jail needlessly, where narcotics were rife and violence was second nature. What chance did these poor boys have? It was clear the U.S. penal system simply wasn't working, so I decided to use my influence to jolly well do something about it. Oh, that's very impressive, Ludo. Um, you know, not many people in your position would make the effort to do that. So, what happened next? Well, while on the ward, I got chatting to an Arab chap who I liked rather, and I asked him what would happen if I were to, say, smoke hashish in his country. And he said, well, they'd shoot you. And quite right, too. Yeah, well, I mean, some parts of the world are... Quite right. Indeed, Barry. Have you ever seen anybody snorting reefer in a Qatari jail? I'll wait. Well, no, but it's a bit extreme, isn't it? Well, I thought so too, but having discussed it further with my friend, he thoroughly convinced me. Right, well, far be it for me to criticise his Islamic beliefs, but... Oh, he wasn't that Islamic. Well, he sounds quite devout. Far from it. He was a crystal meth addict and practising homosexual. He was the pastry chef I mentioned earlier, remember? Oh, yes, I remember. I'm surprised you have any recollection of it. Oh, quite the opposite, Barry. I recall every damn thrust. The things dear Gupta could do with a rolling pin don't bear thinking about. OK, sounds like a lovely reunion, but I still think shooting people for smoking weed is a bit over the top. No, no, Barry. Hashish. Well, it's kind of the same thing. Is it? Ganja, too? Pretty much. Interesting. So what's shit? Well, that's just a slang term. The point is, I really don't think using it warrants being shot. OK, lethal injection, then. 
No, I mean the death penalty in general. Oh, Barry. Barry, Barry, Barry. Look, it may seem a tad draconian to you, but it's quite the norm in the theocratic world. But if that's too excessive, how about this? A ten-year minimum sentence for possession. That's still pretty harsh. Parole after eight if they keep their noses clean, step out of line and the bastards fry. I think I'd rather get shot. Quite right, too. No, I mean... Look, don't you realise that if these laws did exist, you would have been executed years ago? Unlikely, Barry. My family's full of QCs. See, what you don't realise is I've seen firsthand the damage done by drug misuse. One minute you're enjoying a snifter at a nightclub lavatory, the next you're having illicit encounters with randy pastry chefs and committing fraud and embezzlement of which you have no... No recollection. None whatsoever. So, what I propose is death penalty for possession, right across the board, no questions asked. But, <sighs> hear me out, Barry, hear me out. I also propose the government set up task forces manned by recovering addicts like myself whose role would be to patrol nightclubs, soccer stadiums and council estates, sneaking up on youths about to take drugs and hollering, Don't do it, man, you'll hang! That sort of thing. <sighs> yeah, I can see I work in a treat in Bedlam and... and um... Wait, Ludo, what the hell are you doing? Beg your pardon? What's that? Oh, just something I picked up my local last night. <laughs> yeah, but, but I thought you were clean. Oh, I am, Barry, I am. Clean as a whistle. This isn't cocaine. It's an entirely synthetic facsimile which is both completely harmless and totally non-addictive. So why bother taking it? Because, as my old dealer Corn Pop used to say, it gets you high as a motherfucker. But without all of the unpleasantness. Magical. Are you sure? It looks pretty real. Indeed it does. And tastes very real, too. But the chap who sold it to me assured me it was safe as houses, and I see no reason why he'd lie. Like I said, magical. Hot. <laughs> oh, Bovril! Jesus, be quiet, man. Oh, do calm down, Barry. You can be an awful fuss pot. Oh, Christ, the waiter's coming over. I beg your pardon? The waiter, the waiter. Oh, knickers. Hey, gentlemen, would either of you like another drink? No, could we just get the... Two G&Ts, please. And um, you know what? All this talk has got me rather famished. Could we get a spot of breakfast, too? I'm afraid our breakfast service finished at 10.30. Oh. This is a pickle. Sorry, your name is? Marcus. Ah, Marcus. Lovely name. Thing is, Jock, I want my breakfast. Unfortunately, as I said, the breakfast service is now closed. We do, however, offer a very extensive lunch menu. Hmm. But I want my breakfast. Look, I'm sure the lunch menu's fine, Ludo. Why not? Now, now, Barry. Marcus is a big boy. Could I ask you a question? Certainly, sir. Have you had your breakfast? Several hours ago, sir, but yes... And this lady by the pool, she's had her breakfast. That gentleman at the bar, he's had his breakfast. This fat family to my left have clearly had their breakfast. And as we've established, Marcus has had his breakfast. So what I'm saying is, I want my breakfast. As I said, sir, it's hotel policy to stop serving breakfast at 10.30, which was 45 minutes ago. We do, however, have a very extensive... I want my breakfast. Then I'm afraid you'll have to make other arrangements as we simply can't provide that service at this present time. Could I see the manager, please? Certainly. I'll go and see if he's available. You know that, Jimmy Cranky. Tell you what, Ludo. I saw a lovely little cafe on the way here. Why don't we go and have breakfast Answer there? me on this, me? Barry. If an Englishman can't have his breakfast at 11.15, when can he fucking have it? Well, before 10.30 by all accounts. Decreed by whom? This Marcus fellow? Hamish McPufter? Look, I'll go and pay the bill. Oh, what's the point? What's the point of any of it? Look, look, Udo, come on. 
Come on, you're a grown man. Why don't I want my breakfast? I get that, so... Breakfast! Right, you really need to keep your voice Frankie! down. Frankie! Jesus, Ludo, man. Oh, Christ, I'm burning up. For God's sake, Barry, I'm on fire. Okay, okay, well, look, look, sit down for a second. You can cool no. off. No! 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 Unhand me, Barry, unhand me! What are you doing? No, to... Oh, God, this shirt's off. Ludo! Come on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, there go the trousers. Oh, no, no, Ludo, look, you really need to get off the... <laughs> Balcony. Jesus, what the hell happened? Uh, sorry? What did he take? Take? Um, I, I, I don't know what you mean. I'm no blind the pair of you were snorting something before. What was it? I'm really sorry, I have no recollection. <laughs>